Thanks, Pastor Mike. Hi, everybody. I know you're doing good because you look so good. Way to go. Always fun to show up here and enjoy. What a day, huh? Enough sunshine for you? I hope uh, you've been able to really appreciate that and enjoy it. Hey, um, I just want to uh, say a couple things about this whole Adoptive Family and Orphan Care Month. We're very excited about it, as Pastor Mike said. And next weekend is actually Orphan Care Weekend where the whole service is kind of tailor-made around that topic. It's really special. You're going to be hearing the story of our former mayor, Ray Martinez. It's really touching. I just happened to see him here tonight. Usually you're here on Sunday. I don't know what's up with that, but um, that's going to be really special, so don't miss next weekend. Also, um, we have our first grandparents meeting, and I'm leading it. No, I'm not leading it, but it's next Sunday. And so uh, you can get some details and information from the church or our uh, site, uh, website. But if you're a grandparent, what we're doing, we've never done this before. We're just launching a new ministry of grandparents supporting grandparents and ideas and tips and best practices. <laughs> I guess I could call it that. But anyway, we hope that you'll be here for that next Sunday, November 10th. And then uh, Summit, as you've heard already, uh, tomorrow night. So please be here for that. Hey, we... Uh, we are talking about the Ten Commandments, and we are just working our way through. It's amazing how far we've come already, halfway there. And uh, today we're talking about what it means to honor your parents. What does it mean to honor your parents? This is something that, as a command, I could just say it and we could go home and be done. But it's bigger than just honoring your parents. This has to do with the culture of the day this was written. This has to do, let me, just, let me just read Exodus 20, verse 12. It says, honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. There's a promise associated with this. Now, on the back of your program, you can follow along. I have a lot of blanks, and so we're going to go fast in some of these parts. But this command is really about the family dynamic. And so we're going to talk today about what it means to have a healthy family. This applies to you whether you're a teenager, whether you're a parent, whether you're a single parent, whether you're a grandparent. This applies to everybody because everyone's part of a family. How many of you have parents? It's 100%. And so think about that. We all have parents. And that's, some of you may have never met your parents. Some of you maybe don't even know who your parents are. But I know this, you have them. And so it's important for us to talk about the family dynamic. And that family dynamic can be good or it can be bad. This commandment is to bring clarity to the relationship and the relationship that should exist in the family. Now, the first thing I want you to write down if you're taking notes is this. We all have parents. That's just something we need to get. Now, knowing that we all have parents, I'm going to show you a, a few pictures of some parents that you may or may not recognize, but if you do, I want you to tell me if you think they're a good example of parenting or a not so good example of parenting. Let's go to the first slide that we have up there and let's take a quick look at who this is. Okay, how many of you know who this is? How many of you have no clue who this is? Archie and Edith Bunker, right? How many, you remember them? Good or bad? <laughs> let's, let's, let's go to the next one. How about this one? You'll really love this one. You guys recognize him? 
Good or bad? Uh, uh, that's Ray's parents from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Okay, let's, let's look at this one. Good or bad? I'm glad, I'm glad. How about this next one? They, Bill Cosby. So much fun. They had a lot of fun with that, that family. Hey, I wonder if some of you even will know this next one. Well, this, this is... Remember Andy Griffith? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we know that's a, that's a good one. Let's show you another bad one here. Real bad. The final picture we have is really a fun picture because it's about a family. Who's this? The Brady Bunch. Right, the Brady Bunch. Now, all of these families, whether you think it's bad or just funny or good, all of these families have different dynamics. And that's the thing that I want you to know about talking about this on a day like this is when we talk about honoring one another, honoring our parents, it's a lifestyle that we take into our soul, in through our mind, in through our heart. And we make decisions of our will of how we're going to treat other people. So secondly in your outline, what does it mean to actually honor? What does it mean? We, we can, can you love without honoring? Here's some questions I want you to think about in a moment. But this is what, this is what it means to really honor someone. Just a dictionary. To show respect for, to esteem, to be considerate of. When you honor someone, you are looking to them as, wow, I'm, I'm putting you in a place, whether you deserve it or not, of respect. You can honor someone even if you've lost respect for them. I, I sometimes know that some of you in your family story, if we could hear your story right now, it would blow us away. And it would be the saddest thing ever. And many of you perhaps have been very challenged by honoring your father, honoring your mother. I'm not going to just wash over that. We're going to talk about what it means to be able to show that honor even with someone you've lost respect for or you don't even get along with. How can you do that? How can we be uh, people who honor our parents when it's really difficult to honor them? I'm so thankful, you guys, for my family. Um, I, my parents loved me. There's five of us kids. And uh, some of you know my personal story, but I have four sisters, and I had a dad who was just an amazing man. He loved God. He loved his family. We always felt like we were first place in his life. It was truly an amazing. He died of cancer, um, leaving my mom with five kids, 18, 16, 14, 12, and 9. And uh, she had never worked outside the home a day in her life. And so I know what it's like to have part of my life in a fatherless home. For some of you who are experiencing that now, God can be with us even if you're in a home where there isn't a father, if he's passed away or there's been a divorce or all, this, all the things that can happen. But my mom trusted God. She taught us how to trust God. And it's pretty easy to honor your parents when you have a situation like I have because they are worthy of honor. Not everyone has that experience, and I get that. So what are some of the complications? Let's unpack this a little bit and really talk about some of the complications that can happen in our family dynamic that is what you might say where the rubber meets the road. So if this touches a nerve in you, which it will for some of you, I want you to embrace what the Spirit wants to say to you. This could be a, a day in which God really brings healing to your heart. Uh, he might massage your heart those places that are tender, those places you really don't want to go. That's why we call this our living room. <laughs> it's because we talk about real life here. 
the, the good stuff and the painful stuff. So be really open to how this might impact you as we talk about some of the complications. Things have shifted over the years. Many of you are single parents. We love you. We love that you're a part of our church. But raising your kids, it's different. Whether you're a dad raising or a mom raising, um, it's, a, it's a tough challenge. I look at the family unit. The first thing in your notes right there says the family unit has changed. And that is very, very true. I was thinking about all the complexities of families in these past weeks, and I was thinking about how so many of you are moms raising your kids alone. So many of you are dads raising your kids alone. Um, some of you, it can be a stepmom or a stepdad who steps into the family after that young person has reached a certain age. There's a lot of that, I'm sure, right here in this room, and the dynamic of that changes your family, and big things happen. There are different... Uh, tests with that. Blended families can create a whole new dynamic. Uh, grandparents are often raising kids in this culture. I read some unbelievable stats about how many grandparents are actually raising their grandkids full time. As I was reading through this, I started thinking about these complications don't make it impossible to have a dynamic family that honors God and honors one another. So regardless of your situation, I want you to believe and I want you to have hope and I think God wants us in his word to have hope that he can lead us in our families regardless of the complexities or the issues or the histories. That he can bring healing to those places that are broken and wounded. The second thing is tension in relationships. Tension in relationships. This is uh, very, very real. Some families, um, I've talked with people who haven't connected with their parents for years. I've talked with parents who haven't connected with their kids for years. Uh, some of you are here right now, I'm sure of it. Some of you as siblings have gotten completely disconnected from your family members. And you think about, you think about the cause. I, want you to, I know it's hard, but think about what happened back there to, to bring that, that separation, the tearing apart of your family. It could be something that was said that was so awful. And it's terrible for you to even think about it. It could be a broken promise that left you just feeling, wow, how could they say this and break this promise? Mistrust. It might involve physical or emotional abuse, and you needed to be separated. You needed to get out of there. There are moments like that that some people have in their life. Sometimes it's money matters that cause families to just blow up. And I just want to encourage you that no matter what the situation is, we're going to pray here in a little bit for your family and for you that let God begin to touch those tender places in your heart and maybe even give you some solutions that you have never had before. I also know, number three, all parents have made mistakes. Now, um, if you have been a parent, you'll be the first to admit this, right? If you don't admit it, I'll just talk to your kids. You know, they'll tell me. It's been kind of fun with our three kids to say, okay, where'd we blow it? You know, what, what were some things? And we've had some good laughs about things that we were really strict on that were really stupid. You know, what? I, how many of you re relate to that? You know, other things we just didn't even worry about, and we should have really worried about it. You know, and I was just like, wow, we were blind on that one. It's amazing how, how you make mistakes and you don't even realize um, when you're making those mistakes, but all of us have. As a matter of fact, you've heard someone say before, probably, if you're going to write a book on parenting, do it before you have children, because then it all works out. But once you have kids, 
because they're all so different and we've all made mistakes and one of the perfect things that we can do is to admit it. Some of you as parents, have you ever said to your kids you're sorry for something that you need to say you're sorry for? Or does pride get in your way? It's so important that we acknowledge those things that we've done wrong. And then with our grandkids, which I'm just now experiencing, I, I, I did, I've been quoting this poem for years and I, I really do like it. Beautiful are the lights of Paris, stunning are the lights of Rome, but none so beautiful as the taillights of your grandkids going home. <laughs> now, now I don't feel that way yet, because they don't live here. But uh, I thought you might enjoy that. <laughs> Who's it? Greg Calkins, a guy in our church, who's, he says they have a huge family, lots of grandkids, and they'll all come over to their house for a cookout, and he'll say, all right, kids, I need to start seeing some taillights. <laughs> I think that's cute. Oh, You know, another thing that's complicated is number four, all children are different. All children are different. My goodness, if you've had more than one child, you just... I, I can't even believe how different our kids are. Same DNA, sharing that same genetic stuff, but so different. Um, and it's not good or bad, it's just different. And I, I wanna just say, we need to learn how to make room for those differences to show honor to those differences in people's lives. Not everyone's wired the same. And so learn how to love that child in a way that they need to be loved. And they will respond to your leadership. You know, you read books on how to parent, and they're great, and I recommend it. But I'm telling you, no one can parent your kid like you can if you will give it your all. If you get the tools because you know, you can see, you have intuition from the Spirit even about that child that God can help you with. So as different as our kids might be, make sure that you are doing a good job in thinking about this. I was thinking about what kids say to God. Someone sent me this, it's so cute. Listen to this. These are kids who wrote letters to God. Dear God, this is from Neil. I went to this wedding and they kissed right in church. Is that okay? <laughs> this is from Jane. Dear God, instead of letting people die and having to make new ones, why don't you just keep the ones you got now? Think what's going on in the mind of kids. Dear God, I think the stapler is one of your greatest inventions. Ruth. <laughs> this is from Jennifer. Dear God, in Bible times, did they really talk that fancy? <laughs> I think she's talking about the King James Version there. Dear God, I think about you sometimes even when I'm not praying. Elliot. This is from Robert. Dear God, I'm an American. What are you? <laughs> This is from Nan. Dear God, I bet it is very hard for you to love all of your everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in our family, and I can never do it. <laughs> this is funny. Dear God, please put another holiday between Christmas and Easter. There's nothing good in there now. <laughs> this is from... This is from a little girl. If you watch in church this Sunday, I'll show you my new shoes. <laughs> Just a few more. Dear God, if we come back as something, please don't let me be Jennifer Horton because I hate her. <laughs> Maybe Cain and Abel would not kill each other so much if they had their own rooms. It works for me and my brother. <laughs> oh, there's one more. I don't want to miss it. This is good. 
We read that Edison made light, but in Sunday school they said you did it, so I bet he stole your idea. <laughs> Dear God, please send Dennis Clark to a different camp next year. There's one more, and I can't, I can't find Oh, yeah, I love this one. Dear God, thank you for my baby brother. But what I really prayed for was a puppy. <laughs> oh, that's funny. The thing that I like about things like that is that it shows us what goes on inside the mind. It shows us what people are thinking, and it shows us how they even pray, how they even approach God. And as we talk about that family dynamic of loving one another in our family and giving our lives to them, it starts with having the right mind and the right mindset to say, I will choose to lead with love. I will choose to be what God is asking me to be. And you've got to make that commitment. And I've got to make that commitment. So let's, let's, let's pull this all together. And number four there in your notes, ways to move forward. We must continue to, to attempt to stay connected. Now, I grew up before texting and the social media stuff, and a lot of you did as well. But our kids don't know the world without that stuff. And it's fascinating to me that regardless of where they are in the country, and sometimes even in the world, daily I can get a little text that pops up that tells me what's going on with a picture of what they're doing or what they're eating for dinner. It just blows my mind how connected we can be. I would just like to suggest that you find a way to be connected as a family using these types of tools. This is a great way for you guys to talk to each other. Sometimes I just love texting because you, you don't have to get into a long conversation. <laughs> That's good, isn't it? Some, I said sometimes. I said sometimes. But there are other times when you can pick up the phone and talk, and now you've got this FaceTime, you know, or uh, the, all this different technology where you can actually see them. And, and talk with them. And that's why I love it now is because I get to see my new grandson live right there. And it's just amazing to me that we have this technology. So, so move forward with that. Uh, number one in your, in, under that point is this. Acknowledge the current reality that you're in. If there's pain, admit there's pain. If there's stuff you've got to deal with, let's, let's open it up and deal with it. It's not going to get any better if you keep doing what you've always done. It's gonna stay the same. So someone's gonna to have to take the first step to say, I will acknowledge, what are the issues in my family right now? I encourage you to list them. If you need to use that program, just do it. List them sometime this week. Say, these are the issues that we need to tackle. And sometimes it's just a good, hard conversation you need to have that you're avoiding. And it would please God for you to have that conversation. And it might get a little worse before it gets better, but it's worth having. Because being honest in our relationships is how we honor one another. So honor through honesty. Be current. Understand the reality. Number two, learn to have meaningful discussions with your family. I, I don't know how to coach or present because all of us can learn new ways to connect. But... There are different stats that I've read on uh, the average time that families spend actually talking. And I read one stat, and you can, it just depends on where you go to get some of these, but there's one out there that said, the average dad spends an average of 32 seconds a day having dialogue with his children. And I read that and went, what? I mean, I can't even imagine that. And I just, I, I want to encourage us 
as we think about what it means to have that family dynamic, to be people who are generous with our time toward our children and our parents. Sometimes it's not your favorite thing to go see somebody, but put on your smile and and do your best and make it a priority and be engaged in their life. And don't make it miserable for everybody, right? You don't want them saying, oh, if they come, it'll wreck the whole thing. You know, maybe they're saying that of you. And so it's really important for you to be honorable and to show honor to people who maybe they do things different than you do. Every family has customs. How many of you have in-laws? Outlaws? No, don't raise your hand on that. It's, it's the idea of talking. Have family discussions. Even if it's about politics. With your kids I'm talking about, not your in-laws. It's, it's really important around the table. Have meals together. I'm amazed at people who use their kitchen as just a buffet and they run through and run out and grab something from the fridge and, and it's, it's, just, it's just, there's never a time when the family is together. If you're a single parent, you can still provide this. But you don't understand, sports are at 532, find a way. Then if it's in the evening before, do something to get your family together and have talks, talk about the world. Talk about the local news. Talk about philosophy. What do you believe about that and why, especially as your kids start to get older and start asking questions about your faith and their faith. Don't be afraid of the hard questions. Don't say, because I told you so. I mean, not for very long. You know, once they get old enough to have the conversation, go ahead and have it. And let them ask the hard questions. I, I, Bonnie and I, I, we didn't do this perfect either, but I think one of the things our kids have told us is, we, we've had a lot of conversations with them about things. And I think as a parent, the way that your kids will honor you is if you're constantly showing interest in them and saying, tell me more. Why do you believe that? What do you think about that? And so those words come really good on their ears. Number three, establish clear expectations. Establish clear expectations. Now this is really practical, but this is how we can honor one another. If you're harboring something inside and you're not talking about it, you're not honoring that person. If, if something bugs you, you need to be able to talk about it and get it off your chest. I want to know what those expectations are. Our roles change as parents as our kids get older. Have you seen that? It's just amazing. When they're little, you're just a caregiver. I mean, it's just feeding them and clothing them and changing them and, you know, just get through that phase, right? Uh, but they're so precious, and they don't talk back, and all that stuff is so nice. And then they get a little older, and then they start asking questions, and then their little personalities come out, and their little stubborn streaks come out, and all the things that you're challenged with as a parent. By honoring one another, we need to have clear expectations about what is expected, especially as our kids get older. And for those of you in our, our realm, um, we, when our kids turn to a certain age, I still remember they talk about this uh, when I just sat him down and said, okay, you are of age and it's, it's about you and God and what you decide. It's about how you wanna live and how you wanna make a living and I'll help you and support you all I can and, uh, but we're gonna cut the cord today. And they're like, what does that mean? <laughs> I was like, I'm done, I'm done raising you. And of course, I've learned since you're never done raising your kids but, but I, I think it's important that those roles change. Don't try to mother your 32 year old kid. Amen? All the 32-year-olds said, amen. <laughs> There's something about releasing that lets them honor you. 
This has to do with honor. You say, well, what does it have to do with honor? It has everything to do with honor. If you show respect, you're going to get it in return. As families go through this, I, I appreciate my wife, Bonnie, so much because she is really good about having clear expectations. Even when, it, when Erica got married and we, we said, what's the expectation? What do you want from us? How much time do you want to be with us? How, be honest because we're not, should we come over to your house once in a while? If we never do, will you feel like we're rejecting it? Or do you want us to pop in or do you want us to call first? Get it clear so that you know, so that you're not being hurt and your feelings aren't being hurt. And then you can have an established understanding of what the rules are. You know, people put, people put, uh, the fourth one is find proper boundaries. Find proper boundaries. It's amazing to me that, that people put fences. How many of you have fences in your neighborhood? Okay, or on your land or whatever. Typically what fences do is it sets a boundary line. And, and this can be a really good thing. And you can kind of say this is sort of the space that is ours. And we can put a tree here if we want or we can put grass here if we want, but it's sort of our space. Have you ever been outside in your front yard? I had this not too long. Well, it's actually been quite a while ago now where uh, a, a, a guy was taking his dog on a walk and I was sitting out in a chair. He didn't see me on the porch and the dog had a little bathroom situation going on right in my grass in my front yard. And he did his thing and then he just took the dog and walked off. And I just thought, that's really not okay. But I didn't say anything, you know, but I just thought, I don't think that's very honoring um, and now they make the plastic bags that are so gross. I don't know if you do that, but that's, I don't know what else you do. Though. I don't know why I'm talking about this. So let's go on. <laughs> Proper boundaries. That's what I was trying to say. Proper boundaries. <laughs> Be honest about boundaries. You know why? Because every relationship, every relationship, you name it. I don't care who it is out there, cousin, friend, in-law. Every relationship needs proper fences in the right place. Now, don't go fencing up your whole life and, and lock in there and shut the door and don't let anybody in and say, this is my boundary. That's not fair to anybody. We do that when we're wounded. But offer your life and do it well. You can honor people and you can still maintain boundaries with them. That's part of honoring them. Last thing, this commandment, number five in your note, this commandment ends with a promise. And there's tons of different ideas about where this promise, why it's attached to this commandment. And in kind of reading a lot of those, I'll just pull one takeaway that, that I feel is definitely connected to this. It says this, then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Full life, a long, full life. I think that that statement has to do with the quality and the joy of healthy relationships with family. I, I really mean this. I think it can make you live longer. When you don't have the stress of your own flesh and blood that you're battling with every day and you're in a fight constantly with a family that should love you and you should love them, you say, well, I don't know how to fix it. I know. It's really difficult. The worst thing a pastor could do, the worst thing I could do right here is to stand up here and say, well, find a way and fix it. Because for some of you, you've tried over and over again. And it takes two sides to fix it. But we're gonna pray several things. And I want you to ask God to help you and to bring clarity to some of those things in your life that he can help you with. Let's pray. 
Lord, first of all, I want to ask you to heal some people in this room who have a wounded past. That this is the moment you're going to choose to start a process that brings healing to the pain that's there. Lord, I know there are people in this room, maybe they have been horrible parents. And they're sorry, they don't know what to do. Maybe there are parents here that have been awesome parents and their kids have kind of deserted them and walked away and don't want to have connection and they're hurt. Whatever causes all these different wounds, we ask you as the healer of our hearts to come close to us today. To wrap your arms around us in this moment. To feel the power of the Spirit working in us. To heal us first. Lord, for the bitterness, some of you just need to accept this. I'm bitter. I've been bitter. Just say that to God right now. I've been bitter. Others need to say, I've, I've been resentful. I know I've, I've been resentful. I'm wounded. That hurt me. These are the things you can say. And God will not run away from you. He's running toward you. But he wants to heal the brokenhearted. And I can say, the only solution that I would, I would say is if you give this to Jesus, he will heal you first. And you will have a much better chance of having a healing in your relationship if you have healing going into that relationship that needs to be fixed. If you don't carry this stuff with you into it, you have a chance of, of making it better. But if you carry all this into it, it's pretty unlikely that it's going to get resolved. So Lord, I pray that you would heal us first, that we would be honorable, and that we would know how to honor our parents, honor our children, honor one another. Show us ways to be creative in doing that even when it's been difficult for us. The second thing I want to pray for is for some of you that just need, you really do need to restore a relationship with someone in your family. And I'm just going to pray that God will miraculously open that door for you, okay? So agree with me if you need that. Lord, I don't know how you could bring it about, but I pray that there'll literally be just an amazing moment in this next week or two or even month or two where this relationship that's cracked will be right in our face in a good way that there will be an effort whether it's parents or kids or cousins or in-laws i just pray that there would be a moment that you could help us to show tenderness and care to one another that we would offer that that we would offer it as a person who says we love you and we're connected to you. Lord, thank you for being a God who restores, a God who heals, a God who gets us through another day and another week and another month. And help us to build strong families. Lord, I pray over every parent in this room. I pray over every dad, every mom. I pray, God, that we would be strong. Every grandma, every grandpa. Lord, I pray that you would teach us and show us how to love our families in a way that honors you for the glory of God. Lastly, Lord, for those that might not know Christ in this room, 
I just want to say, if you're here right now and you know you're separated from God, let me pray for you. And would you just say a prayer with me if you feel like you want to really make a statement of faith? Lord, I'm separated from you. I need you to cleanse me. I need you to forgive me from the sins I've committed. I'm sorry for those. I want to make it right. And I want to change. I want to turn around 180 degrees and I want to move walking with you now from this day forward. Show me how. For the glory of God, let me live my life. I believe in you. I believe you're God. And you gave your life for me. I trust you for forgiveness. In your mighty name, we pray it together. And everyone said,